we are finally back. Welcome Ooh. back to Black and Behind the Scenes. I am Antoinette. I'm Brittany. How are you guys? Oh my goodness. I know it's been a little while. Um, Ooh, Chile. It's been a while. <laughs> I know. It has. Um, I was out sick, guys. And um, I, I mean, this year is my year of self-care. So mm. I really had to sit down and okay. say I can't do this okay and be okay with that yeah for work and for my extracurriculars yeah. and I was really proud that I did that because okay. I normally don't <laughs> okay because you you when you where your body was down mm-hmm. normally you would just fight through it exactly yeah and now you're like no mm-hmm. I feel that yeah you know it's like yeah. no you can't um I'm getting older and um <laughs> things are changing yeah <laughs> and my body said you need to sit down and rest so you I know, sat down and rest sometimes that happens the body is just like sit sit your tail down mm-hmm. okay yeah, sometimes it's just like that so okay, you but know, you're feeling that. better i'm feeling a lot you're better now yes i can talk finally um so yeah i'm just excited what did you have strep i they couldn't they don't know i do not know what, what it was they took a strep toe a uh, strep throat test and uh-huh. they didn't it wasn't strep um I don't, I don't think it was the flu. I don't think so. People keep telling me, it's flu. I was like, but it was only a sore throat. So I wasn't coughing. I didn't have a fever. I didn't have any other symptoms. So I don't, I don't know. Interesting. I have no idea. So, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad you're better. Me too. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that. Okay. What's been going on with you, Brittany? Nothing. You know, I also, although I didn't go anywhere, I had a vacation recently. Mm-hmm. And, um... That was not fun. <laughs> I mean, it was because I went back home mm-hmm, to Texas right. and um, saw my family, which always is a joy to see them. Nice. But we also had to work. I've been having a storage unit mm-hmm. in Texas ever since I moved up here. That's been almost 10 years that I've been paying on this storage unit. Wow, girl. Because when I moved out... Um, I had an apartment. Me and my sister shared an apartment, mm-hmm. and then I moved home for a couple of months, and then I moved up here. Got it. And so everything went into that unit. Mm-hmm. But then my sister, she eventually got her own place, and then moved all her stuff out. And then my mama just moved all this crap that she's accumulated in. Oh. So yeah. I had like literally only six boxes left because when my brother got his apartment. He also raided my stuff and went through there and got a lot of things. Nice. So I only had like six boxes in this storage. I'm paying one forty a month for, mm. and yeah. um, well, actually it was like one thirty something. And now it's, it's going up to one forty, and and it was time to get rid of that. Because yeah. when you had it for ten, let me tell you, <laughs> when I was there, I was like, you know what, having a storage business is the racket because yeah. you assume no risk. Mm-hmm. You, if someone doesn't pay, you can sell all of their stuff. True, that is true. You just low overhead, mm-hmm. and you don't have to clean. You don't have to do any of that. Right. All do people do is pay you every month. You don't pay. <laughs> well, we get rid of your things. Yeah. I mean, I need to open up one because that's right. the business. Because <laughs> they didn't got so much money, much of my money. I'm so glad to be. Uh, free of that burden so although um it wasn't necessarily a fun experience yeah (laughs) you know i got some things done that's good at least you were able to get home and see your family and have that time so that's great and how was the weather you know it was pretty much the same here there was some um well i heard that it was really nice it was nice 
It yeah. was. So it was a nice weather. Okay, got it. Yeah. I thought it was like, you know, cold and little. No, 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 no. Only Friday, uh, Sunday when I left, it was cold. Okay. And then when I came back, it was cold here. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, at least yeah. you got some good weather and got to see the family. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you have more stories. Woo, <laughs> chill <laughs> get into the industry news (laughs) yeah so we're going to get into the industry rundown guys First story up is about Misty Copeland, who is the first African-American female principal dancer with the prestigious American Ballet Theater. Mm -hmm. She has a biopic coming out called Life in Motion, an unlikely ballerina. Um, And they have landed um, a director who is also, she directed some episodes of Scandal and Grey's Anatomy. And her name is um, Nazinga Stewart. Nazinga Stewart. Okay. Yeah. So Stewart um, states, as an African-American woman, I know firsthand when Misty Copeland leaves, we all soar. She goes on. She, we all soar. She goes on to say, as a filmmaker, I am thrilled to bring this hopeful, triumphant and cinematic story to the big screen. So this film will be a new line feature. Mm. Um, they are also known for movies like Creed, Straight mm-hmm. Outta Compton, mm-hmm. and Rush Hour, the Rush Hour franchise, mm-hmm. as well as Sex in the City. Ow. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to The Hollywood Reporter, the biopic will be an adaptation of Copeland's bestseller memoir, which has the same name. And it will chronicle Copeland's rise from um, her poor beginnings. Um, she's also, it will also show how... She started being in ballet at the age of 13, which is kind of late, apparently, mm-hmm. for a ballet it star, is. and found herself in the middle of a custody battle between her mother and her ballet teachers, who were her legal guardians at the time. Interesting. Right. That's what I said. Because I, I mean, personally, I do know of Missy Copeland. I'm very familiar with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I had no idea of her story, her right. rise, and all mm-hmm, that. So I'm mm-hmm. very interested in finding that out. And I actually want to pick her book up and mm-hmm. read and about read it, it prior to the story coming out. So yeah. that's my um, take on that. So, Brittany, are you excited for this? I am. You know, when I initially heard about this, I was concerned that this would be some, like, no knock to Lifetime movies, but I thought it would be, like, a TV mm. Yeah, I can, I can see why you say that. Yeah, because um, normally you get that with this kind of... Yeah. Right. So I'm glad to know that it's... Um, it's going to be on the big screen. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be something to to look forward to. So I'm really excited about that. Well, congratulations to them. Yeah, congratulations, ladies. Um, speaking of biopics, um, similar to what we were talking about before in our last episode, um, Tyrese Gibson is set to star as Teddy Pendergrass in his new biopic. And according to Deadline, the film was acquired by Warner Brother and Donald D. Lee who was the producer for Ready One, Ready Player One, mm. will also produce the film alongside Lee Daniels and oh Tyrese. Lord. That's what I said, but let me hold on. Get, <laughs> let's wait, wait a second. Lee up in here. <laughs> um, as well as Pendergrass's widow, um, Joan, uh, Joan, Joan, Joan Pendergrass. She will be the executive producer. 
So, are you excited about this Teddy Pendergrass biopic with Lee Daniels and Tyrese? And... Okay, so I didn't know about the Lee Daniels part. When yeah. I heard that Tyrese was, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what are my reservations about Lee? Yeah, what is that? Because I, I didn't know Lee was attached to it either. But he's been, a, okay, I, I just... <sighs> What are my reservations? And you know what? To be honest, y'all, I don't, I cannot tell you what I think they are right now. I think because I'm only associating him so far with um, Empire. Right. And Star. Mm-hmm. But we know that he has done other things. The Butler. Right? The Butler. Um, what other movies has he done? Is it just The Butler? I mean, that's the only one I can think of as of right now. He did Precious, top. right? Precious. But okay. that was. So, Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. When I think of it in, the, in those terms of the movies he's done, and not it's a little skeptical, it's a little and not associated yeah. with Empire. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay yeah. We're yeah. We'll, we'll wait see. and see that. Um. See what that what happens with that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, in more biopic news, I don't know what what is with the everybody's biopics and everybody's getting a biopic. Getting a biopic. I, I I really don't know what's going on. Um, In more biopic news, Will Smith has been confirmed to play Venus and Serena's tennis coach and father, Richard Dove Williams, in his new up-and-coming biopic currently titled King Richard. Oh, so the movie is about the father, not Serena and Venus. Not Serena and Venus, no. So, according to Deadline... um, that despite it says um, that despite Richard having no background in tennis, he overcame trem- uh, tumultuous hardships, skepticism, and his own troubled past to raise two of the game's greatest players. When his daughters were around the ages of four, Mr. Williams drew up a 78-page plan for their professional tennis career. I had no idea about that. I thought that was pretty dope. Um, so 74 pages, right? Yeah. Seven. Yeah. 78 pages A plan when they were four years old. Wow. Right. Wow. So the film will be produced under Tim and Trevor White star, um, thrower entertainment banner alongside Will Smith's over, uh, Overbrook entertainment banner as well. Okay. So there's been, um, so first of all, let me state this. I am actually super excited to learn more about Mr. Williams. I'm I want to... I'll be honest with you. I'm not interested no. in learning and watching a biopic about him. Well, no, I'm not interested in the biopic about him either. <laughs> I'm interested... Okay, let me... Let me... I want to know his... Like, I want a memoir from him. He's alive and well still. I want to know more about his story from his own mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not so much interested in a Hollywood version of his story as of, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to see it. Right. Um, so yeah, because he was very, I knew that he was very involved with Venus and Serena's career from a very early age. Um, and I just want to know his thought process and his kind of drive and what, um, got him to where his girls are now. I'm interested in that. Um, as far as this movie, like I said, not so much. And there's been controversy behind the movies so far because people are upset at the fact of Will Smith, who is a lighter skin of a, of a brown man playing this darker skin man. And people want to know what will Venus and Serena look like also. Well, okay, so he does have a book. Okay, well, I have to get his book and read it. 
Yeah. Is it by him or is it someone else wrote it? Mm-hmm. It's by him? Yeah. Perfect. Okay, um, cool. It's called Black and White, The Way I See It. Okay. Um, so the book is probably going to be um, better mm-hmm. than the movie. Just right. Because, like you said, it's always better to hear the voice right. of the person involved. Absolutely. Uh, what do I think about Will Smith? Mm-hmm. Okay, so when when doing biopics, mm-hmm. is it more important that you get a caliber actor or should they look or resemble the person? I think both. Which one is more important? Which one is more important? I think playing the part is more important, like yeah. a caliber actor. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So I don't have a problem with Will Smith playing um, the father. I have no doubt that he could do it. Oh, me neither. Absolutely not. Does he look like him? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Who do we think could have been better selections? Um, Let's consider because this man is tall. He has long legs. Okay. He's tall. Mm -hmm. And he's dark skinned. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's an old, I mean, he was no spring chicken out there. No. So who could, who could play him? I, I've heard people say Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Mm, I don't think he has a height. Hmm. What about Samuel? Yes. Now I can see Samuel, that. He I has a fire Samuel. for it. Yeah, I can see that. I never even thought about Sam. I can see Samuel doing that. Definitely. We'll see. I, I I mean, I agree that I can see the controversy mm-hmm. because, you know, it's just like that whole thing with the Nina Simone documentary, oh. I mean, biopic, oh. and how they cast Zoe Zeldano. And that's like... That was like, come on, really? You know, it's when you know that there's someone of a darker hue tone that right. could, you know, play that By role. the way, Michaela Cole would be perfect to play Nina Simone. If they redo it and do another one. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm a, oh. You heard that. You heard that here. You heard that here. That's a good one. It's, yeah. She'll be perfect. There are tons of other actors who would have been way better than her. Yeah. Um, definitely. Even acting wise, I mean, come on. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> a whole nother story. <laughs> it's yeah. a whole nother story. Am I mad at Will Smith for doing this? Nah, I ain't mad. We'll see. Yeah, I'm not upset about it. I just do. I do agree. I understand the controversy, and I do understand like, um people's points of who will play Venus and Serena then what what that's what matters to me what color will they look like because they are brown skinned women period point blank yeah you know and that needs to be reflected well we'll be keeping our eyes yeah we will and um yeah so yeah we'll be keeping our eyes peeled and I think that um Mr. Williams needs to be a part of this he is still alive like I said um, I do believe if Will Smith's production company is a part of this, I do believe that he will reach out and try to get that um, relationship built because it's Will Smith. He's he's that guy. Like, I just don't feel that right. he would do this without consulting him right. in any way or, or at all. So, um, yeah, so that's that, guys. Um, let us know how you feel about, you know, those stories that we talked about. I have one last one coming up. Um, so it has been announced that Apple's streaming service will be launched March 25th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Did you realize that they had a streaming? I think we talked about it before, but did you? Remember? I did not because I don't have Apple products other okay. than my MacBook. So mm-hmm. I don't, um, 
I don't have Apple Music and I don't mm-hmm. have the cloud or anything like that. So I'm not really um, in tune to Apple News other than products, not services, if okay. that makes sense. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so it's being reported that they invested $1 billion um, into their entertainment studio um, to recruiting people like Steve Carell, Oprah Winfrey, and Jennifer Garner for so that means they have original content. Yes, they are producing original content. I think they have four series that are coming out on March twenty fifth. Interesting to launch this um, streaming service, and it's a big to do. I guess. they're trying to make this as a big to do, and no one. And what's interesting is that no one knows exactly what they're offering. Right, I haven't heard a exactly. lot of um, talk about this because no one knows what's. They're not releasing any information about what's coming out what they have and it's speculated that they may have a service where they have like live news streams like an option for that which other people have that too already which is not unique but i think everyone is curious to see what is it they're going to offer and what what's coming of that so and what's the price and that too because i'm not i'm not trying to pay apple music then and also apple stream yeah so maybe they have a combined bundle package where it is a nice price for both services. Um, I don't know, but so since this will be coming out March 25th, guys, we will have um, information on the next show of what this looks like. The price for it is something that you should look into or skip. I mean, everyone has a streaming service now for entertainment and um, content. Everyone. Streaming so, wars. So streaming, streaming wars. wars, like it's just going to continue. So, you know, I think it's going to be a bubble. Oh yeah, and definitely. And some of them are definitely going to fizzle out. Yeah, only the top contenders can stay in this game. And I see it as um, Netflix being one of those contenders. Amazon. Um, Amazon being another. And honestly, I think Facebook is up there too. I mean, with this whole Facebook watch and what Will Smith is currently doing, I see a lot more celebrities probably putting their hat in the ring of doing this whole... Yeah, but what he's doing on that was a more like short form. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what... No, I guess you say no one knows what Apple is doing. Right. It'll be interesting to see what type of programming is on there. I mean, because everyone has original programming. Hulu, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, Very true. Yeah, so Netflix. Mm-hmm. It would have to be something, A, that's going to be trendy. But also garner some critical success. Like, it'll have to be something that will get an Emmy. I think for people to They want, need a Game of Thrones. They need a Game of Thrones. They need a Game of Thrones. Game of, HBO needs another Game of Thrones. And, they, they, you know, it's... So maybe they'll get all those HBO people who will definitely be unsubscribing come. <laughs> well, um, interesting that you said that because I've seen a lot of headlines lately that said a lot of people from HBO, the executives have been leaving, flooding it. Wow. Like maybe they know it's dying. So and not even is only, it dying? It's not dying. It's just so and also so. There's a whole another article that I've been reading. That guys, we've been gone for so long. I've been meaning to bring this story to you, but I'm gonna give you a little snippet of what's going on. So basically, what Netflix has done in the article that I read is that they have been poaching people from all these top um, studios, mm. all of them. So they had a list of all the top executives at all these studios, and they just undercut or they over bid for these top executives to come over to their um you know to Netflix to work on original content for them it worked 
all these studios are pissed off because for years they've had a lock on all the content creators because no one could outbid them and they'll keep them in these contracts and say, hey, you work for us and you're guaranteed a check. And who didn't love that? You know, you're a content creator in Hollywood, right. you know, what's to lose? Right. But then you also deal with the politics within that particular sector. Right. Right. But now that you have people like Apple coming along, Netflix coming along, Hulu, well, Hulu really is not a unique, it's just a bunch of network television stations coming together and having a streaming service. But they itself. have their own original content. They do, but it's it's under a bigger umbrella. umbrella like I the, see. yeah. So I say that to say, I'm curious to see who's going to be working with Apple because it may be some of these executives who were at HBO or some of these other bigger networks that are with them and they just haven't announced it yet. Because a lot of people have been dropping off but no one has said where they're going. Some people have said, oh, I'm leaving to go, you know, stay with my kid or, to, you know, be with my family. But I, I just, I call BS for some of this stuff that's going on. I just, okay. I think that there's a, something else bigger brewing that we just don't know yet. So when is Apple streaming coming on? The 20, next week, the 25th. And watch it be something where you can only get it exclusively, exclusively through some product like, um, What's the Apple TV? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. something that you got to buy on top of you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right. We'll see, Apple. Yeah. So, yeah, guys. So, that wraps it for the Industry Rundown. Perfect. Cool. Innovative. Creative. Overall black excellence. It's time for the Spotlight. Young successful Britney Grooms. Britney has just been announced recently as VP of casting at Columbia Pictures. Hmm. Um, she is a graduate of Clark Atlanta University. Nice. Um, she previously, before moving to Columbia, worked at Walt Disney Pictures, where she casts for um, live action Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and The Lion King. And nice. she also did the casting for Mary Poppins. And prior to going to Walt Disney, she worked in um, casting for scripted and unscripted uh, programming for Bunham Mori. I think I'm saying that right. Um, that does a lot of the reality TV stuff. Cool. So uh, now she is at Columbia Pictures. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really important to have a person of color, particularly a woman of color, in that role and that executive role mm-hmm. because she can, you know, offer opportunities to more people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the fact that she's also young, she can also offer, offer opportunities to other people who are not necessarily a list or big name right. um, people of color yet. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to um, what she can do. Her resume already, if if she's done Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and The Lion King, I think. I mean, um, girl, it, like, really? <laughs> Do I need, need that say more? <laughs> right. I think she's already have have an impressive career, and I think she'll probably do much better, or not much better, but more things at Columbia. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our spotlight. 
Brittany Grimes. Fantastic. It's amazing to see someone be able to work their way through the industry and work their way up as a woman of color and being young because, excuse me, you don't get to see this a lot, you know? Every time I read a story about a young black woman becoming like an executive Mm -hmm. in these studios, I'm just like giving you the Arsenio woof 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 because that helps us all. And I mean... Because we're black women, we want to mm-hmm. see other black women absolutely thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes my heart swell when I see us out here doing great things, and hopefully it does for y'all too. I mean, we're we're rooting for everybody black mm-hmm. here at Black and Behind the Scenes, and absolutely. particular black women. So. Absolutely. And so, yeah, and also, guys, for you to see like kind of a trend that goes on in the industry also is that you go from one network to another. That's not anything new. That's something that happens all the time. Um, a lot of times when you get into uh, the studios with one big network, you have that on your resume. I believe we talked about this before. It's kind of like in, okay, you, you can, you're accepted and or you are, you know, it's kind of like crossing the threshold of um, acceptance in a sense right. um, once you're within these big companies. So um, know that building relationships and having strong bonds with yep. people is really important. Um, being nice and friendly goes a long way. Yep. Um, and just, you know, staying in contact with people and just really, um, developing those relationships. It's just super important. Always remember that regardless of what situations you may be going through, because this industry is really difficult to navigate through and it can be, you know, a little stressful at times, but keep your cool, keep it focused, keep it professional and keep it cute. Right. And you know what you said about, um, being professional and building a strong network of contacts, mm-hmm. even if you guys are, are not necessarily into um, film and television, it, with any industry, yeah, that's the key to building absolutely up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, be nice, just be nice, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, you guys, now it's time for a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, yay! two forms of content mm-hmm. um i'm gonna start with my le- i'm going to go from least to least <laughs> pretty much i think so yeah uh okay oh okay least the least least okay. the least. Least, least um <laughs> the first i want to highlight today is juanita that mm-hmm. is on currently on netflix yes it is it is based off the book Dancing on the Edge of the Roof mm-hmm. by Sheila Williams, which is by a black woman. Um, it stars Alfre Woodard as Juanita. Mm-hmm. Adam love Beach her. as her um, love interest. His name is Jesse. Mm-hmm. Blair Underwood is also in there playing himself. Wow, I haven't seen him in a minute. Uh-huh. And Latanya Richardson. Um, and if you don't know her by name, that's Samuel L. Jackson's wife. But she has her own impressive career as nice. an actress. She's also in the movie. She plays Juanita's friend. Okay, okay. cool. Um, Juanita. 
I'm going to give you the synopsis. <laughs> Juanita is about a woman who's fed up with her life. She leaves her grown kids behind and hits the road in search of a new life. She winds up at a French restaurant in Butte, Montana, ran by a Native American. <laughs> I mean, okay. So my thoughts. I thought this movie kind of sucked. It had 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, mm. which is kind of good. I mm-hmm. mean, people even loved it or they didn't like it. And I'm one of those people who did not like it. And let me tell you why I do. It had all the potential to be a great film because I love um, these like, um, I can't even think of the name, but these like Stella got a, how Stella got a groove back type of movies where the older woman, she's been, you know, working for everybody else and she's going to go find her own life and Mm -hmm. do whatever. Fine. In the beginning, it worked out really well, although I am not personally a fan of movies in which the character is narrating the movie oh so it starts out that way um and it's alfrey woodard like she's one of the great greatest actresses yeah love her greatest black actresses out here in hollywood i mean if you look at the span of her career you would think that this movie would be equally good but i'm going to even say that she was awful as an actress Whoa. in this movie. I, well, guys, as you can see, I haven't, I didn't watch it. Um, it's not because I didn't want to. I just, I just didn't have the time to, to do it this weekend. And I'm mad I missed it, but I'll, I'll watch it and see. But I'm disappointed because I was so I'm excited. Disappointed as well. I love her so much. Yeah, I mean. And she almost never does any wrong. Like, I don't know of a movie that I'm just like, oh my gosh, what, what was this? Right. I agree with you. Um, the movie just seems rushed and choppy and you can tell that there are a lot of plot holes, hmm. especially after she makes, so the beginning of the movie is completely fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but once she gets on that bus to go to Butte, Montana, it just goes down here from there because when she goes there, first of all, the restaurant, and I'm pretty sure this is from the book. I'm almost positive it is. But the restaurant is in Montana. It's ran by a Native American. And it's a French restaurant. And that just seems so odd to me. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But he also was a war veteran. He has PTSD. He's an alcoholic. Mm. Um, Alfred Wood has all these problems. Supposedly... She has anxiety problems, which was only mentioned one time at the beginning of the movie. Then she had this anxiety attack at this um, powwow that they went to. Let me tell you, I, I don't even want to give all the movie away because I <laughs> want y'all to watch it. But there, like I said, there are a lot of plot holes, a lot of things where you're like, oh, what? This is not making sense. And it needed to either be a series or they needed to hmm. go back to the drawing board. Only because in the later half of this 
so much of Juanita's life change is, is supposed to have a change in her transformation. So much of Jesse's life is supposed to have a change in transformation by having Juanita in his life. And you just don't see that. It doesn't correlate on the screen. Hmm. Like I said, it seems rushed. It's choppy. So. And there's this really awkward sex scene. Ugh. Oh, that's really, that's really weird. I mean, sex scenes are already awkward enough to watch them. I mean, at least in my opinion. So for it to be awkward, oh. Hmm. And it's just like, do you want to see, no tea, no shade against Afri Woodard, but I'm not trying to see like no really sex scenes with her. <laughs> and it was just awkward. It was awful to look, like I was literally cringing when I was oh. looking at that. So, interestingly enough, this movie was adapted for the screen by her husband. Oh. Um, Richard Spencer. Okay. Who is a white man. Oh, uh, oh okay. You didn't know she was married to a white man? No, I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I knew, I knew that. No. Yeah, so he wrote this movie for her. She wanted him to write a movie for her. So this was out of love, not... Not, <laughs> not talent. Like I just, I'm just. So is he is is he a screenwriter? Like is that what he does, or did he just pick this up and just decide to? Oh, I'm gonna to write this for my wife and get somebody to buy it because of our name. No, he is a um, writer director. Hmm. Yeah. I'm in. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I'm curious to know. So, I don't know, Brittany, if you realize this, but every movie that we've ever talked about on this podcast that has to do with net that was a Netflix original movie, we didn't like it. Um, no, that's not true. What movie did we like? We liked First Match. Yes. That was good. What else? <laughs> amateur we didn't like. I didn't see Amateur. Yeah. Amateur wasn't good. Um, what was the other one we did last time? Um, this one wasn't. The one with Sanaa Lathan. Oh, um, Napoli Ever After. Napoli Ever After. And then that freaking Will Smith movie, um, Fairy, whatever. Right. Bright. Like, I just, so, I'm seeing a reoccurring pattern here with Netflix in their movies. Interesting. And I can't think of any other movie, original movie that I actually like from Netflix besides First Match. First match. Hmm. I don't. His name is not um, Richard, it's Roderick. I'm sorry, y'all. Roderick Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's her husband's name. So you think Netflix does better at series series than they do movies? Yeah, I think so. I think they're better, or at least they need to get somebody else in there who has a better selection or eye for a movie um, to be able to bring it over, to buy it. Because I'm just seeing, it's, it's just not, it doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so... Interestingly enough, I just realized that this is Roderick's first writing credit. 
Okay, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was something more so. This is a passion project. This is what I want to do. <laughs> and I want you to play in this. And we can get this. Netflix will buy it because they're buying up everything right now. So that's what that was. Ugh, mm-hmm. It's awful, y'all. Yeah, that's what that was. But it had potential. Oh, you know what? I take that back. Beast of a Nation, that was good. With um Idris Elba. Oh, Did yeah. you see that? That yes. was really good. Yes, that was, was really good. But that was a Netflix original? Movie. Yeah. I believe so. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, yeah, because I'm looking at all their stuff. I can't really... Yeah, no, I'm seeing the pattern. So so maybe... Okay, so Mr. Spencer, you tried it, sir, but um, <laughs> this... I ain't really feeling what you did here. If anyone else has seen this movie, just, you know, we'll put the, we'll have like a preview on, not a preview, but the, our overview of it on our Instagram page. Head over and let us know in the comment section how you felt about the movie. If you agree with Brittany and how she feels about this it. This movie and... sucks, y'all. And if you feel like it did not suck, please, yeah, let us know. And maybe I just had high expectations because it's Alfre Woodard. And yeah. And like I said, I thought even... She was horrible in this movie, so I don't know I'm shocked and what surprised. any of them were thinking about, but uh, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> Let's move on to the next, which is hmm. Boomerang, the series on BET. Yeah, because you had to clarify that one. Yeah, Boomerang, <laughs> the series. On BET. On BET. Okay. Okay, so let, right. me, let me start off by saying this. I personally mm-hmm. am not one of these um, black millennials who have a problem with BET. BET gets a lot of unnecessary flack to me. You think so? You think I, it's unnecessary? I, They've let us down so many times. I think they get a lot of flack, and I don't think it's necessarily fair. And they have... I disagree. <laughs> they have potential... <laughs> Um, they have good programming or they had good, they had good programming. They always had, had good programming and potential for even better programming. Yeah. I'm still wondering what the heck happened to rebel. Like I really love that show and the quad, like those were good to me. Those were good shows, but because BT has this reputation already in place, I don't think it had the fans the fanfare that it needed to sustain those type of shows. And I, and, and I'm going to say that those were quality programming Mm -hmm. that they had on the show. Mm -hmm. Even what's that show? Um, yeah, no, I'm just going to leave it there because what's recently been canceled, the Robin Thede, um, late night show. And I don't think people really gave that a chance. She's going over to HBO with, um, with with Issa Rae, but she, I'm not a fan of, of Robin Thee, I don't think she's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so I say all that to say that I don't dislike BET. All right, okay. so I give all of their programmings a fair ch- a fair shot. Okay, okay, yes. So recently, the two biggest things I would say of scripted dramas that they mm-hmm. have right now is um, American Soul. Yes. Which is about 
um, the history and legacy. Don Cornelius mm-hmm. and Soul Train, mm-hmm. which okay, it's not good. <laughs> but we ain't here to review that. We're here to review Boomerang, right? Okay, Boomerang executive producer Lena Waithe, Ben Corey Jones, Holly Berry. Mm-hmm. Great names, fantastic names. Something that you'll be like, oh yeah, okay. and that's why. I gave it a shot. Okay. It stars Taquan Richmond. Um, he plays Bryson Breuer. Mm-hmm. You um, know him from Everybody Hates Chris. Yes. He the brother. Drew. Mm-hmm. And then Titona Jackson plays Simone Graham. She's, She's new. She's a fairly new actress. Yeah. But she... Um, Previously to be well, she's acted like in a Hulu Netflix, Hulu okay. Netflix, a Hulu original <laughs> programming. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a professional ice skater, wow. a dancer. Wow, right? Um, very cool. So she's been out in in the world entertainment. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And Lala Milan, she plays Tia Reed. Lala is Instagram famous. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even really know how to describe. Some of the things Lala has, if you, she's one of those people, like you may not know her name, but if you saw her on Instagram, you know like, who she is. Oh yeah. And she's funny on Instagram. She's funny to me. Oh, okay. Y'all, y'all should see. <laughs> okay. And then we Every- have RJ Wallace who plays David Wright. RJ was in the um, new edition biopic yes. as, um, the older, as the older, um, Ralph Trasbond. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the show follows the lives of Jacqueline Breuer's son, Bryson, mm-hmm. and Marcus and Angela Graham's daughter, Simone, mm-hmm. right. as they try to step out of their parents' shadow and make a legacy of their own. Mm-hmm. The initial pilot starts out as Simone and Bryson work for Marcus and Angela Graham's advertising company. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made that known. Graham. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very so, big. Very yes. <laughs> Post Boomerang, when we left Boomerang in 92. Yeah. Angela and Marcus, they got together. They married. Mm-hmm. They had this baby. Um, and they have a successful advertisement firm. Okay. And now we're here decades later and we pick up on Simone's life. Okay. And also, apparently, Jacqueline had a son, too. Although we all know who the baby daddy is. Okay. Um. So, some of the directors for this show, again, great names. Absolutely. Tiffany Johnson, Don Davis, David Warren, mm-hmm. Lena Waithe is a writer and has written on several episodes. Ben Corey Jones, who wrote for Insecure, also written on several of these episodes. And we'll get back to that in a second. Put a pin um, in that. I'm going to put a pin right there. So... What are the good things I like about Boomerang? I will say that it was better than I thought. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought maybe it would pick up on the lives of Marcus and Angela. I like the idea that it's picking up on the lives of their children. Okay. You thought it's going to pick up on the lives of I don't know what Marcus I was thinking Angela? because to me it was just as a reboot. And to me this is not a reboot. Yeah, they did sell it as a it's, reboot. They said a reboot. So I'm thinking we're rebooting the characters. Got it. No, I didn't think that. Okay. Because, so, I, knew, because I knew Eddie Murphy wasn't going to be there. And I'm sorry, you cannot have Boomerang without Eddie Murphy. 
and freaking Holly Berry. Like it's not okay, going to happen. I'm gonna go into one of the things that I don't like about it that it definitely needs in the next. It's season. just, it's just, it's just who, that's you need him. You need him. I think visually it looks great. gorgeous, amazing. I agree. I agree. Visually I like the set. amazing. I, I think the cinematography is great. Mm-hmm. You can tell that they're good directors. Absolutely. My problem is with the writing. To me, and I have watched six episodes so far. Oh, you're really vested. That's nice. I couldn't get past one. You would think that I'm really vested, but the writing... The... You just had to see how bad it got. It doesn't flow. Like, I'm not invested in these characters. I don't think Simone is a likable character, and she's the main character. And right. perhaps that's what they're going for. Um, the duality of her character being hated and loved or hated. Yeah. Okay. I don't like her at all. I there's no development. Like we haven't really learned much about these characters other than surface level stuff, and that's mm. just that Bryson has had a crush on Simone ever right. since that they were younger. Simone wants to get under her parents' shadow, right? And that's it. I think the there needs to be more development of these characters, more development of the story. Is Every episode feels like a pilot to me. It doesn't feel continuous. It doesn't feel episodic where you like, if you miss one episode that you can't pick up on the next one. It's like each one. You know, you know what had a great reboot from a movie to a series that was a great transition? Soul Food. Right. Soul Food was great going from the movie to the actual series. And even though they didn't have the original characters, I fell in love with the new characters and they did a wonderful job doing that. That's what I was hoping to get with this, and I didn't get that. I, I was invested in the characters. I didn't care um, once the episode was over to go to the next one. I was really confused about some of the the directional looks of what, because they insinuate certain stuff with what they show you, but when they kind of get into that, like when they, when they introduced Lala's character, right, and she was in a strip club, and then the main character, what's her name again? Simone. Simone was like fixated on her. So I'm thinking, I thought oh. you thought Simone was gay. Yeah. I th- oh, okay, so maybe she's a little, but then it just went completely left. And I'm like, what? Okay, why did you kind of insinuate that, you know, maybe she's lustful after her or she's like whatever. And then it's just like, oh, she's just trying to be a promoter for her. Or is she supposed to be like um freaking, um, what what her name is slipping my mind? Grace Jones character in Boomerang is that what Lala is supposed to be? Oh, I don't know. I didn't pick that. Do you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, Sean yeah, Jay? Yeah, like yeah. is that who Lala is supposed to like? Kind of. That's the vibe that I got. Like she's supposed to be this androgynous kind of overly characterized person that is supposed to be the new Sean Jay. Okay. Uh, I didn't think about it that way. But yeah, okay. that's what threw me off because I'm like, no, this is not, no, you, no. Okay, so what do we think about Lala as an actress in the show? We like her or we don't? I don't mean this. I don't like her. I'm sorry. Mm. I don't like her. I, I'm going to say that she cannot act, but I also don't know if the show would have some of its moments without her. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think she brings something to the show. Now, could she work on her acting chops? Most definitely. Uh, but she brings comedy, which they don't have. Mm, so that's maybe... 
I mean, okay, I don't, this is not any shade at all whatsoever. I'm not trying to. I just feel that a lot of times they get these people from Instagram and the internet to drive numbers to their shows. Um, I don't have that confirmed. I'm not 100% sure if that's the case. But the same thing with Quay being on the Medea um, play within that. And him and Lala are like two people that do a lot of skits together. So when I saw that these people are being pulled into, you know, movies and plays now, I'm like, or series, I'm like, oh, okay, are they doing it because these people can actually, they have the talent to do it or and they they're great the actors or is it because of the followers? And I've heard actors complain about their losing jobs, kind of like when rappers got into mm. acting and they were the ones, you know, sought after versus actual people who have the talent to do it. I wonder if that's what's going on with this whole Instagram and social media game now. Well, I don't know because I think they have the followers because people genuinely like them and they think that they're funny. Online. Online. So if you have someone who is shown that she can bring in A, an audience, and people genuinely like her, I don't see nothing wrong with giving them an opportunity to shine in that way, to, to be an actress. Especially if that's that particular Instagram star aspiration. If they want to be like a serious actress. There's okay. nothing wrong with them getting their platform or their footing in the door by becoming Instagram famous. Or starting off on that platform first. Okay. I... Could she have started off at TV1 first though? No shit. That's no shit. I really, no, I really don't mean that by any means whatsoever. But there's levels to this. I, I just really think that jumping right into a BET series of Boomerang with Lena Waithe and these big heavy hair names is kind of like jumping but the gun. I would say, I would say, okay, yeah, if that was the only problem with this show, she is not the reason why this show is not good. Agreed. Okay. Which is disappointing to me because we know Lena's work. We know Ben's yeah. work. And it's just like... So spe- okay. it doesn't feel the same. Like if you watch shot and they're completely Ugh, two yeah. different programming, mm-hmm. two different types of genre of programming. But when you watch shot and then you watch the boomerang, yeah, you no. would not think that these two, um, that Lena was involved with both of these. Absolutely not. And I just, I was expecting more from Lena same. and I don't know if she only wrote on and that's something that I have to look up only like the first couple of episodes because again like you know my whole motto is you give three the um a new show three opportunities right. the pilot is almost always going to guarantee to be kind of sketchy give it three episodes to see if you really like it if you're invested in it and I didn't really have a problem with the first three it was afterwards and I was like okay this show is not going anywhere mm. that I felt like it had a problem now I don't know if she didn't continue to write on the other ones but I know Ben was definitely a part of those other shows after three mm-hmm um, I'm just expecting better and I don't I think they're kind of lost as what type of show do they want to be I know they kind of want to be edgy and mm-hmm. kind of um, speak to the millennial crowd and I thought maybe well maybe that's why I don't like it because it feels a little young to me right and I maybe <clears throat> I can't necessarily relate to these characters but that's not true either because I watch cartoons I watch some of the stuff with young characters yeah and I and watch so Grownish I and I love it yeah we watch Grownish so it's something that's off and I think it needs to be adjusted a bit. Yeah. Season and two. And then like back to what you said originally, 
I would love to see some cameos from uh, Eddie Murphy Hell or yes. even Robin Givens or yes. um, Angela, um, not Angela Bassett, Holly Berry. I think yes. I think they even really Martin. need to make. Yep. I really John think Witherspoon. Some cameos like, up come in on. here. Like, because there's one episode in which um, cameo, in which uh, Simone has a god sister that went to jail like she's younger and I'm thinking she's supposed to be the offspring of Martin's character in Boomerang. Mm -hmm. It will be great to see some of those characters in the next season and I think that's something that they should bring in to the fold and I think it will bring in an additional demographic. Definitely. And so speaking of like the demographic issue, it's like I couldn't get vested in the show because it felt super, it, it just, so, okay, let me rewind really quick. So when I would tell people that I really loved Insecure, this, that, and the third, some older people would say, I can't get into it. Right. And I told, so I'm like, well, how could you not get into it? I don't understand. But when I saw Boomerang and I started watching, I'm like, oh, now I see how they feel. Like, I just don't feel, I can't mm-hmm. connect to these characters because I don't feel like I'm in that age demo. Yeah. Like, I, and Honestly, their characters seem a lot growner. Like they were in way grown up situations than their age would allow them to be in. But I guess it's just the access that they have yeah. in these positions of power that they have when you would expect someone older to have it. Um, and just the boldness and the cockiness that came off with the the privilege of the characters, in my opinion. It just wasn't relatable to the average, to me. It just, it wasn't. It needs some work. Yeah, is there something missing there? But I don't hate it. Like you say, I continue watching it. Um, I couldn't. But I'm not like you. Like you say, I'm not invested. Like I could also not watch it. Um, I don't set my DVR to it, but I will put it on on demand. Um, yeah. Next season, let's work on some of these things because it needs to be better. Do I think this is better than Rebel, The Quad, and all the other stuff that they cancel? No. <laughs> and that's a problem for me. It's yeah. like we're, we're letting go of quality stuff that could potentially work. Right. You got this. Um, we're not talking. I'm not going to talk about America. So, boomerang. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just needs to be better. Mm, okay. Better. We're just hoping for better in season two. I don't think... I don't want to watch anymore. I just don't. Have you guys watched any of the Boomerang? Do you like it? Let us know. We, we're really curious to know. Yeah, because like Lena in our writing is always so smart. And yeah, and clever and just. This doesn't feel that to me. No, I, I didn't. No, I didn't like it. I just. Well, I was already skeptical about it to begin with, honestly, because it's like it's freaking Boomerang. It's a classic. When I heard they were redoing it and when I saw who they cast for it, I was already like, what? It's just Aunt Holly Berry was a part of. She's the, an executive producer. She, she's an like how how is this happening? And you guys, this is a great team. Could we feel this way because we already have a cast of young black professionals navigating life and career and love and insecure, and we love that. And so anything that's going to be put up against that is going to pale in comparison. It could be that, but I also think that there's room for us to have multiple series like that. Yeah, I don't think that's it. I honestly don't because I, 
I watch a lot of different stuff. So and a lot of this stuff is similar in a way. Like, um, I can't think of any examples at the moment, but I just, I don't think that's it. I just think that it's not, they didn't get this right. No, it, it, it hit the mark. I mean, it missed the mark. It has, it has missed the mark. Unfortunate. Well, I don't care. I didn't. <laughs> no, I think it has potential. Again, I think the directors visually, it oh, looks definitely. better than any programming that, that mm-hmm. they have done, but you can tell that they keep that budget, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Tell us what y'all think about Boomerang. If you watch Definitely. it, if you're invested in the characters, am I being too harsh? Is Antoinette and I being too harsh on what we think about Boomerang? Yeah, I, I, and I, oh, one and last thing. And that sex scene it was really awkward. It was it was really bad for me to watch in the first episode, the pilot. It, it was really awkward for me to watch that. The sex scene with Simone. Yeah. And, um. A. Ooh, what's that? What's that rapper's name? That was a rapper. Girl, yes. Come on, Muse. Tell us what that rapper's yeah, name was. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's just really awkward to me. I was just like, what the? Like, and that felt very insecure esque. But it was awkward. And then we found out, you know, one of the writers from Insecure is also on the show. And I was just like, oh, I just, it just felt really. I didn't really. It felt like I shouldn't be watching this because they're children. <laughs> Like, it's just really, really <laughs> awkward. I was like, what is this? I don't want to see it. <laughs> it's just, it was really gross. I just, I couldn't. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So that's it for us this week. We yes. just have Juanita in um, Boomerang. And um, let us know what y'all think. Absolutely, guys. Um, and that is actually going to wrap the show. Um, and so, uh, Brittany, do you have anything to plug? Do you want to plug anything that you got going on right now? <laughs> Off the top of my head, I could say no, but <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. But as always, you guys, I have a blog. Mm-hmm. So please go to www.blackgirlaffirmed, and that's Black Girl dash affirm um for affirmations just you know regular life blog posts mm-hmm. um it is amazing guys oh, it gets me it's just so great Brittany's <laughs> a great writer she's not gonna like gas herself up no, but I'm it's not, really really I'm, good it's not it's not i true. love her publications they're so good yeah so just check out uh black girl affirmed what about you um, guys, so I was able to, um, Podcast. yes, I was able to help co-host with, um, my new Del Wayne and Coco Brown Curls, um, on the Let's Be Clear podcast. Mm-hmm. And we talk about current events, technology and hair care. So it's been a lot of fun. So shout out to the Let's Be Clear podcast. Mm-hmm. We're on our 10th episode. I listened. So, oh yeah, you did. I did. Oh wow, yay. Yeah, so we just have a lot of fun on the show. We're just talking about that's what is on her way to be like this podcast <laughs> extraordinaire. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just you know out here trying new things in 2019. So, so yeah, so definitely head over um, and check out the Let's Be Clear podcast. Um, and yeah, um, that's pretty much it, guys. Cool. So don't forget to um, follow us on Instagram and on Facebook mm-hmm. at Black and Behind the Scenes. And also listen to us on all streaming services for podcasts where podcasts can be streamed. Exactly. All right. And don't forget to follow us at Antoinette Tope, like the color on Instagram, and Brittany. At Brittany Khan. Yes. And we will see you next time, guys. See you. Perfect.